Hello and welcome to the Riverside Church podcast. This week's 10.30 sermon is read by Wayne Wood and it's entitled Moving Forward. Good morning. How is everyone? Wow, I do feel like Madonna. It's incredible. Should I dance? No. (laughs) It's really good to be here. It is. uh, There's loads of you. There is. It's always a pleasure coming here to see Steve and Helen and the gang. Uh, We love this church. It has been a great support to us over the years. So it is a real privilege. Turn in your Bibles to Joshua. Joshua 3, and the scriptures I'm going to read from are Joshua 3, verses 1 to 17. And before we go there, I want to ask you this. What do an aeroplane, a car driving up an icy hill, and a church have in common? If either stops moving forward, you're in trouble. If either stops moving forward, you're in trouble. The church must always be moving forward, okay? Following the Lord in faith, following the Lord in obedience, but expecting the miraculous. And coming from the ministry that I come from, we have to always expect the miraculous because what I've learned over the past 22 years is nobody's hopeless. There is no hopeless cases. There's always hope. And just the fact that I see people's lives changing every day, which is an awesome privilege, to be honest, because it it puts you in a position of having a perspective of just how big God is all the time, you know? So we've always got to expect the miraculous, and we've always got to see the best in people. Amen? So... Joshua 3, 1 to 17. And then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shittim, and they came to the Jordan. He and all the people of Israel lodged there before they passed over. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, as soon as you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord, your God being carried by the Levite priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it of about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way you shall go. For you have not passed this way before. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and they went before the people. The Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And as as for you, command the priests who bear the ark of the covenant, when you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you you shall stand still in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, Come, hear and listen to the words of the Lord your God. Joshua said, Here is how you shall know that the living God is among you, and that you will be without without fail, you will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivitites, the Perizzites, 
the Gershishites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. There is loads of sites and ites. They're all over the place. <laughs> and they've got to get them all. <laughs> Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Now therefore, take 12 men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man. And when the soles of the feet of the priest bearing the ark of the Lord bearing the ark of the Lord and the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing and the waters coming down from above shall stand up in one heap. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the ark had come as far as the Jordan and the feet of the priests bearing the ark were dipped into the brink of the water, now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that was besieged by Zerathan. And those following down towards the sea of Arab the salt water were completely cut off and the people passed over opposite Jericho. Now the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan and all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. That was a huge piece of scripture. We finished, you can all go home. <laughs> Man, that felt like it took forever. Where's the clock? <laughs> so, I've got a few points that I want to share. But my main thing is, as a church, as a people, we have to continually move forward. And as long as the church is following the leading of God, it will be successful. Okay? And I don't mean... Sometimes we say successful and we mean successful you know, financially, but I don't mean financially. I mean the church will be successful in leading people into the kingdom. And that's how the church should be successful in bringing people into the church. So that they come in and they see what God is doing and want to be a part of what God is doing. So follow the Lord. Joshua had a heart that was passionate for following the Lord. I mean, if you read that, you can see that just from reading. And when, the, you know, when God told him to move, he did. Verse 1 says, he got up early in the morning and set out with all the Israelites to the Jordan. Excuse me. So he got straight up and he set out. Now, if you go back, I'm not going to go back, but if you go back to the chapter before, you see that the spies were actually in the land and... It had got kind of dangerous and they'd gone to this, this, this woman's house, Rehab, who'd actually let them down out through a window so they couldn't be captured. But they'd gone back and said, listen, this land is ripe. You know, this is where God's telling us to go. So he knew that God was for them and that God was leading, leading the way. And uh, when God opened the opportunity, Joshua acted immediately. And that's, that's one of the things that we need to know that when God asks us to do something, we actually need to do it, you know? If God is asking you to do... I mean, if God's asking you to do something and you think it's actually far out and really weird, 
then obviously you go and speak to people about it, you know, in the church. But if God is actually doing something, our response should be, yes, God. Okay, you know. But sometimes when people, God, God can ask people to do stuff, right? And sometimes the response can be this. And I don't know about your church, right? But I know about ours. Okay, I know what it's like in ours. And their response will be, hmm, okay, I'll pray about it. God's asking you to do something. It's not somebody's asking you to do something. You know, somebody comes up and says, listen, can you do this? Okay, we'll pray about it and we we'll see if we can do it. But God's asking you to do it. When God's asking you to do it, the, you know, the response is, I'll not, I'll not that I'll pray about it. The response is, yes, Lord. You know, we need to respond to what God asks us to do where we're actually moving forward in it. God asks you to do it, move forward in it. And if you want to pray about it, pray about it while you're in it. You know, but keep moving forward. Another thing we see in this verse, on a few occasions we see, the word, in my Bible it says the word passing over or going before. And I believe God was letting them know. You see it in a few verses, it's in verse 1, verse 4, verse 11, and it's twice in verse 17. And God is saying, you know, I'm passing over, I'm actually going before you in this. So it's going to be okay, because we're moving forward together Okay, and that's a big thing. We're actually moving forward. The church is moving forward together with God. The people of the church are moving forward together with God. We are not alone in the things that we do. We're not alone. God is always with us, you know, and God's letting them know, you know, don't be afraid. Don't walk in fear because I'm going with you. Okay, yep. So we've got to move forward. In verse 3, he says something even more important, right? When you see that the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites who are carrying it begin to move, set out and follow it. Now, it says 2,000 cubits. So I looked it up. 2,000 cubits is half a mile, okay? Half a mile. That's like miles. I was thinking, why would God... Just, you know, it was half a mile. But can you... Okay. It's half a mile, but if you're half a mile from me and I've got to watch you and I wear glasses, I'm like, what the heck? He's miles away. But it's actually significant in why he does it. I know. I said something weird. The Lord knows, you know. He knows. It was so that they could actually, everybody would be able to see it. I'm going to get you this far in front so that the nation can actually see you're moving forward in what I'm asking you to do. You know, when God asks the church to move forward, we get behind the church, you know? And it's something that God's been speaking to me about lately, especially, you know, in, in our church, in Bethel, we've got the new headquarters in Birmingham, and it's like, you know, Bethel is Bethel, okay? And all the churches are still Bethel, but all the churches of Bethel get behind Bethel in the new project. You know, it's there, we're all behind it, and we're all going to move forward with it. You know, the ark represents the presence of God. And that's what he's saying is, follow me. Are you all still with me? 22 points left. Could be a four-parter. <laughs> And don't you find 
that moving forward is actually easier when you know you're doing it with God. You know, when we press into things, it's always easier to press in with them when we know that we're actually walking in what God's called us to do. I believe Joshua, at this point, I mean, he's got a lot on his plate. He's actually leading the nation of Israel, okay, to the Jordan. And, you know, God's saying, you're going to cross over it. And I can imagine, you know, he's walking in what God's called him to walk in. But there would have been a little bit of nervousness there. You know, I've set them half a mile in front. We're all, I've set them miles in front. We're all coming up behind, you know, and I've got no idea what's going to happen next, but God's called me to do it, so I'm going to do it. But I've got no idea what's going to happen next. Sometimes we don't have any idea what's going to happen next. We just walk in the calling, you know, and let God do the rest. You know, there comes points in our lives, especially in our walk, when we have no idea what's going on and we've just got to sit back and trust God. I'm at a point in my life right now where that's where it is for me. I'm at a point where I've just got to sit back and trust God and I actually don't know what the next few months look like and how it's going to unfold. But I'm just going to have to trust him and continue to move forward with him in it. And how it unfolds, it unfolds. But it's all about having that little bit of faith you know, in knowing that God actually knows what he's doing. Because, you know, God actually knows what he's doing. We don't a lot of the time. I've got no idea what I'm doing sometimes from one day to the next. I was driving home the other night, right? And uh, we got to Bingham, me and Aaron. And then the next minute, I'm pulling on the car park in Grantham. And uh, yeah, I looked at him in the car and I went, that's weird. And he went, well, what's up, Dad? I went, well, a minute ago, we're in Bingham. How did we get here? And he went, well, you were driving. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to trust the guy behind the wheel. <laughs> Sometimes I've got no idea what's going on. But I trust God does. When we know God's calling us, we can have the confidence to move forward in what he's telling us to do. And I believe Joshua was at that point where he had the confidence to move forward in God because his faith in God was great. Well, it was greater than his fear. Because can you imagine if it wasn't God telling him to do that? My gosh, the whole nation of Israel behind him. I think Joshua might have ended up in the Jordan on his own. <laughs> Head first. But when God's calling the church to do something, the church, you know, we can actually choose whether to move forward or not. We have the choice to trust God in what he's calling us to do. And we have the choice to move forward or not. Two, Follow in faith, okay? Verses five to eight. So let's have a look, verses five to eight. And when you make a long... Hang on, I'm, in the, I'm actually in the wrong scripture completely. There you go. Verses five to eight. I was on the wrong page. Yay. Then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. Then the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. 
And as for you, command the priests to bear the ark of the covenant. And when they come to the brinks of the waters of the Jordan, they shall stand still in the Jordan. Before the people could move forward, okay, they had to consecrate themselves before the Lord, which means basically they had to clean themselves, you know. For us, for them to become compatible with God, they had to repent. They had to repent and they had to cleanse themselves before him, before they as a people could begin to walk in what he was calling them to walk in. You know, repentance is a daily thing, isn't it? But it actually, it's what, what makes us compatible with Jesus. It makes us compatible when we repent. So this is what they had to do. Because they had to become sacred as God was sacred. You see, they were moving forward. The people had to be holy because A, God was holy. B, the ark was holy. But the whole event that was about to take place was holy. The whole event. So that's why he was asking them to consecrate themselves. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 16, it says, Be holy because I am holy. Be holy because I am holy. If they were going to follow God, they had to make themselves compatible. Look at that. We're getting through these pages fast and furious. Fast. I'm loving it. So God was about to do things that were going to absolutely amaze them. They had no idea, no idea, sorry, what laid ahead. You know, they had no idea of what he was going to do. It's like, you know, with the farm in Grantham, God was telling us to do things and we couldn't actually see, you know, the, the plan of how it was going to pan out. But God said, you need to sell Grantham. You need to put the planning permission in. And every time we put it in, we got a knock back. Every time we put it in, we got a knock back. But then God just said, listen, you've just got to keep doing what I'm telling you to do. And then all of a sudden, bang, the door was kicked wide open. It's the same with Grantham House. You know, this guy came. This guy came five times. Aaron actually said to me, he said, he's the tallest guy I've ever seen in my entire... It's a Victorian house. And he had to duck under the door frames. That's how tall this guy was, like a basketball player. But he just kept coming back. And then he said, okay, I'm going to buy it. And then we were like, okay, where are we going to put the guys? <laughs> this is a bit of a dilemma. And he said, this is what we'll do. I'll buy the house, and then I'll rent the house to you until your building's built. I'm on a farm. Yeah? At the same as what you're paying your mortgage. I'm not going to charge you anymore. I could charge you the world because you need somewhere to go and you need somewhere to go now. But this is what I'll do. But you know, it's all about just walking in the call, isn't it? God calls you to do it and you do it. And just think to yourself, you know what? Don't try and think too far in front because God's already got it all sorted out over there. You've just got to walk this bit out. Trust, faith, it builds in us, doesn't it? We begin to trust God more. Our faith begins to build in him because we actually see him doing wondrous things. Always expect the miraculous. I don't think we do it enough anymore in England, in church. Expect the miraculous. We see 
these churches all over the world where people are getting raised from the dead and limbs are getting straightened out and growing back and the deaf are hearing and the blind are seeing and, you know, I've been walking with the Lord 22 years. I've actually seen one deaf guy here again. But I was saying to Paula about a year ago, we don't see these kind of miraculous things happening. And she turned around and said, so what do you see every day? I'm like, the truck, the car, manor farm. She went, what do you see every day? You know, of every day of the week, for seven days, you know, every day of the week, 352 days a year, what do you see happening? And you've seen it happening for the past 21 years. People's lives miraculously being changed by the love of God. We should always expect the miraculous because the miraculous is happening all around us. Sometimes we're just not looking. You know, in that respect, I just want looking. All I saw was 21 years of trucks, flyers, shops, furniture, houses, landlords. You know, I could carry on, but I've lost sight of what God was actually doing on a day-to-day basis. Expect the miraculous. I've gone way off track. Bring yourself back in. <laughs> if we move in, in, in faith, God will do things that are beyond our imagination. In Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work in us. His power that is at work in us. So Joshua tells the priests, take up the ark and pass on ahead of the people. Now, another great thing that was happening here, this was actually the first time that the ark had actually gone out before the people. The ark actually went with the people. But God was doing something different. God was doing something different. It had never been taken out beyond the people before. It had always gone with them. But God was saying, take it out before them because I want, to, I want the people to see that they're actually, they're not following some priests carrying a box. They're following me because my presence is there and I want the people to follow me because they're going to see something brand new today. You know, I don't know what's happening in your life, but God wants to do something brand new today. He wants to do something brand new tomorrow because every day is a new day in him. Every day, is, every day is an adventure. That's what I say to the guys. Every day is an adventure, guys. And I walk off like that. <laughs> every day is an adventure. The van's broke again. <laughs> but it is. Every day is an adventure in God. It really is. So Joshua tells them to go, and it's the first time that they've gone. So another thing that I notice when I read them verses is that every time they're asked to do something, they act immediately. There is no, mm, okay, I'll pray about it. Let's go pray as a group in that corner, and you guys go pray as a group in that corner, and then we'll come back with an answer. No, God says, do this. Joshua says to the people, let's do it. Let's do it, because God's telling us to do it. <sighs> Take a breath. <laughs> so, some of you might be biblical scholars and you might know this, but I was thinking, what's the big deal 
And I know it's a big deal, okay, telling the priests to go and put the feet in the water, and as they put the feet in the water, the first step, all the waters are going to part, and they're going to cross, okay? That is a big deal, okay? It's a massive thing. But I wanted to, why is it a big deal? Just because God said it, yeah, but why is it a big deal? And when I was reading, I did a bit of research, and it's because, you know, like it says in the Bible, it's actually flood season, okay? And apparently... The part of the Jordan where they were going to walk across was actually between 12 and 14 foot high, the bank, okay? So there, that's like double the average guy in it. Yeah, double the average guy. And God's telling them to step out into it. I mean, that's a leap of faith. That's a step of faith. I don't know, you know, I'd be looking down thinking, yeah, well, you're not even looking down because the waters are right there. The waters are right there. But God's saying, as soon as they touch it, I'm going to part it. It's going to happen. So you can imagine at this point, Joshua must be, okay, this is all about to happen. Is it going to happen? <laughs> you know, are you, are, you, are you here, God? Is, is it going to happen right now? Is what you say about to happen? I mean, Joshua, I don't know, if I was Joshua, I would have been losing my mind at this point just a little bit. Not saying that I ain't got no faith. I've got faith to see God do loads of things, but at this point, I think I would have been losing my mind. He's got the nation of Israel behind him, you know, and he's telling them this is going to happen. In order to see the power of God, we need to step into the power of God. In order to see it, we need to step into it. And if there's one thing I know, to sh I know for sure, right, if we're going to continue as churches, as people who profess to follow Jesus, you know, we're going to have to continue moving forward in faith. You know, if we profess to follow Jesus, then we need to continue moving forward in faith. And God's going to ask us to do things sometimes that are very difficult. He's going to ask us to do things sometimes that through human eyes will seem really impossible. Really impossible, you know, but we need to remember that we actually serve the God of the impossible. He's the God of the impossible. And I'm sure as a church, you've seen God do some impossible things. And you've seen God pull you through some impossible things. You know, and it's all just about having a little bit of faith in what he can do. And sometimes it's difficult, man. You can go through situations where God is a million miles away. Everybody's got all the best advice, but they're not actually you at that moment in time. And they're not going through what you're going through. But can I tell you that whatever it is, God is always in it. God is always in it. And we can trust him. We can really trust him in everything. Sometimes it's just about taking a step of faith and saying, you know what, Lord? Okay. I don't want to keep moving forward. It seems like everything's moving sideways. But I'm going to keep pushing in. I'm going to keep pressing in. And I'm not going to give up. And thirdly, we need to follow in obedience. So Joshua tells them, we're going forward. We're going forward. Where am I? And he, you know, the thing with Joshua, he wanted to make it clear that it actually it was God's words that he was speaking to them and not his. And he wants them to know that it's God's plan and not his plan. You know, God's actually speaking to him, 
But he wants them to know that, listen, guys, it's not actually me that's speaking to you. This is what God's saying, and this is what God's doing, and this is what God wants to do. It's actually his plan. It's his purpose for us. You know, he's just actually talking through me at this moment in time. But let's do, let's do what he's saying. So he goes and tells them, this is how you will know. Why I'm going to send them out forward in front of you, and you're going to know that God's going before you. In Romans 8, 31, it says that if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? Joshua says to them, see the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth. It's going to go into the Jordan. And as a sign that they believed God, they were to choose 12 men, one from each tribe, and as soon as the priest stepped foot into the Jordan, the waters would part. Now, in order to realise the promise, sometimes we actually need to walk in obedience into the promise, don't we? Charles Finney said this, revival, listen to this, revival is nothing more or less than a new obedience to God. It's nothing more or less. How long have we got left? Should we have a look? <gasps> we're nearly there. Here we go. If we're going to walk in God's presence and blessings and provision, then we have to walk in obedience to his word. We have to trust him. If we want to see his power manifest in our lives, we have to be willing to do what he tells us to do when he tells us to do it. You know, if you want to see him manifest in your life, then do what he's asking. And like I said, sometimes it might be hard, but it's what we need to do. God said, as soon as the feet touch the water, I'm going to stop the water flowing. Now, one of the great miracles here, here is, not only did they actually step out into the riverbed of the Jordan, okay? But it says that they walked across in dry land. He actually not only parted the waters, but he actually dried the land completely so that they could get across. I mean, this, this was a great thing. You know, God doesn't forget any detail. That's what I love about him. You know, he doesn't forget the details, the small things. I'm not only going to part the waters, but you're not even going to step in a puddle. You're not going to step in no mud. You're going to walk across in dry land and you're going to get to the other side dry. You know, it's amazing. George Muller said this, be assured that if you walk with him and look to him and expect help from him, he will never fail you. When we can do what God, do, what God says without questioning, we can expect the miraculous. Does the worship team want to come up? Is there a worship team? <laughs> Have they all gone to follow the Lord? Where? Come back. So if we step out in faith and obedience, we can expect the miraculous. Now, we've always got to remember that no matter what's going on, Whatever's happening, the circumstance, God is much bigger than what's happening, not only in our lives, but in our church life. God's much bigger than any problems, much bigger than anything we can ever go through. And I know we go through it sometimes alone, but God's bigger than it. 
and he's always with us in it. God is bigger than it and he's always with us in it. So in conclusion, the church, it must follow God, it must follow in faith, follow in obedience and expect the miraculous. And like the sceptical Wayne 20 years ago, you might say, well, you know what? God's not doing that anymore. I used to say that to people in Birmingham. I was in Battelle maybe a year. I gave my life to the Lord. And people used to come and preach and say, God's doing this and God's doing that and that. And I used to be like, yeah, man, he did that. He did that then, 20 million years ago. He's not actually doing it now. You know, we just follow him now because he's doing good things, but he's not doing that. And someone said to me, yeah, you know what, Wayne? Maybe not looking in the right place. <laughs> Maybe not looking in the right direction because God actually is. Every day. So how about you? Church, individuals. Do you want to move forward with God? Do you want to see the miraculous? Are you willing to step out in faith and obedience? Yeah? No? Yeah? I want to ask you a question. What river is God asking you to cross today? What river is God asking you to cross today? And are you in a place where you're ready to say yes? Okay, Lord, I'm going to go across because I know you're in it with me. I'm going to move forward in this because I know you're in it with me. Things don't seem to be panning out the way I thought they were going to pan out, God. But I'm going to trust you in it because it will pan out the way you want it to pan out. Okay, not the way I thought it was supposed to. We always think it's supposed to be a different way. But God just says, you know what? Walk with me, walk with me in it and see what I am going to do. And for some of you, I want to give you that opportunity this morning that when the worship is playing, you know, you don't have to come forward, but stand up where you are. And as you're worshiping, if God's asking you to cross a river today, say yes. Yes, Lord. Because he's bigger than whatever it is you're going through. He's bigger than problems. He's bigger than financial difficulties. He's bigger than it all. And the, you know, the great thing is, is he knows. So if that's you this morning, stand up, if you want, and say yes to God. And I want to challenge you, watch God do the miraculous, because I'm actually watching God do the miraculous, not, of, not only in my life, but in my family's life right now. Stuff that I never thought was possible, but it's happening. One son who was far away from church and has just started going back, back to church. After, me, after I was in the hospital meeting a lady from a live church Lincoln that knew him when he was part of the youth team, you know, and he was just there. She gave him a big hug. I said, you need to come back to church. He phoned us last week and said, guess where I am? I'm in church. You know, we thought we'd lost him. But that's just us in our thinking. God's much bigger than our thinking. So let's stand, church. And as the worship plays, if that's you, there's an opportunity there to just say yes to God in whatever it is you think is too big if the river's too wide. Just step out in faith because God will part the waters and God will guide the way. Amen? Amen.